A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Cinematic Universe, a podcast all about comic book movies and television. I'm your host today, Reese Williamson, and joining me are is... <laughs> it's James Hunt. It's James Hunt, as usual. Yeah. Uh, we are missing. We are missing a Joe this week or this this month um, because now now you you have a child. I do not. He's he's doing something called what is it? Sleep control with his newborn. <laughs> nighttime management. What's it? What is it? What's happening? It's sleep training. What does it mean? Don't it's they just a, don't they just? Sleep? There's no training. You just go to sleep, right? It's an attempt to make babies go to sleep when you put them to bed, as opposed to their natural inclination, which is to stay awake and scream until you come back. It, the thing is, it, it doesn't work with every everyone, so you know. <laughs> um, but so we are down a Joe this week, but um, we, we, we more than make up with it with myself and James. And we are here on the Patreon. Uh, is this going to be main feed? Or is no, this, this is a main feed. Jesus. Reveal! Um <laughs> To discuss the news, uh, you know, we haven't haven't done a news app since the end of the year, end of last year. So it's been yeah, since December because we did we did the um, we did the award show at the end of last year, and we did Brightburn. If you want to hear us talking about a James Gunn movie from several years sure. ago. Um, and speaking of James Gunn, I mean the 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 it's it's the, it's this is often the case when we do the news app and we're looking back at the last five, you know four five six weeks of news and. You know, there's lots of noise, but actually, this this the real signal from this period. You know, you're really talking, I think, about two two big moments. One was James Gunn unveiling James Gunn and Peter Safran unveiling the um the new the new DC DCU slate. They're not calling it the DCEU anymore. The DCU uh, Chapter One: Gods and Monsters. So we will uh, make our way through what was announced there and uh, give our thoughts on it. And then it is the it is the day after the Super Bowl, as I've as I've said. And uh, there's as usually happens, there's some trailers, some trailers to discuss, including inc- including the big one is the first trailer for the Flash. So um, why don't we uh, why don't we start there? We start with the trailers and let's start with the Flash trailer. I feel like I feel like post Super Bowl right now recording today that feels like the most news newsy of news. Um, so what did you think? Yeah. I, I'm on the record. <laughs> you know I. I don't know if it's controversial or, or or whatever, but I think this movie could be a really big hit. And I'm not putting any moral, uh, you know, I don't I'm not saying that's good or bad um, with the whole Ezra Miller thing in the context of that. But uh, I think this could be a big hit, and I'm not sure. I th- you know, I, well, what do you think? What do you think of this first trailer? Uh, so I'm going to preface this discussion by saying, like, my my position on the Flash movie is that I will not pay to see it at the cinema on the basis that if you keep paying to see movies that star, like, abusive criminals, they will keep hiring abusive criminals to make movies. 
So I'll I'll maybe check it out when it's in some sort of free place to watch. And like there's no judgment on anyone who wants to see it. Like we all have our own moral lines, but that's that's one that I've decided on is that I don't think Ezra Miller deserves a movie career. Um that aside, if if it didn't have Ezra Miller in, I would be very excited to go and see it. Like I think mm. it looks like a good movie. I, I wish it didn't under the circumstances. Mm. Um it, it's always hard to hard to tell because you know. DC have a history of making very good trailers for very bad movies. Mm. Um, but interesting premise, some surprising reveals in that trailer. Um, interesting if not premise. for us, Mira, I would I would go and see it. What is the what is the premise from this trailer? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the Flashpoint premise, right? Which is that he goes back in time to save, I think, his mother from dying. And in doing so, accidentally rewrites the entire universe. Um, so where does Michael uh, Keaton come from? Well, okay. I understand. Here, here's the thing. If anyone, if there's anyone the, here, there's the Flashpoint thing, which is an which is an alternate universe, basically, almost like a like a Age of Apocalypse thing. But then it feels like with the Michael Keaton stuff there's always been the multiverse mixed into this. And obviously you see two Ezra Millers in this trailer. So, so I'm, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm a little confused as to, is this a, you know, flashpoint diverging timeline thing, or is it a multiverse thing? I, you know, I'm, we might not know that until the movie comes out, but what, what do you think? What I think is that, and I think possible, possibly this counts as spoilers for anyone who has never read flashpoint. So, if you don't want to know what might be happening with Michael Keaton, you know, mm. spin on now. But um, I, I think he's playing Thomas Wayne because that's what happens in Flashpoint, right? The Batman mm. of the Flashpoint universe is the the aged mm. Thomas Wayne rather than mm. Bruce Wayne. And, you know, we see, see Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne in the trailer. So he's definitely in it. And we see an aged Michael Keaton in the trailer. So he's definitely in it. And it, it would make sense to me if the twist was that's Thomas, not Bruce Wayne. You know, it would confuse legions of people who turned up to see, uh, you know, the 90s Batman or whatever. But, you know, I think as, as keeping things confusing goes, this film is already way past the, the threshold. I, I I like the idea. I I think I, I think you're crazy. I think. <laughs> I think that this will give the this will this is as as it looks like it's advertising. This will be the Michael Keaton Batman from those Burton movies. I think you've got the you have the riff, you have the um, you know the, the theme tune riff in the trailer. Obviously, the the, the outfit's the same. The, I mean, there's a shot of the Batmobile under a under a little smock, a smock under a little uh, top top right smock. Um, that I mean, I'm sure, and that that looks like the the, the Batman. Um, so I, I, yeah, I think that would be a big mistake if they went with your idea. Um, no, I agree, it would be a big big mistake, but I think it's what they're doing. And I, and I also think with without the without the Ezra Miller, you know, the other as the other Ezra Miller, I'd probably be more on your side. But I, I think with that being established, we're looking at some kind of a multiverse thing, and they, you know, they just want to go and. Do a version of um, of of uh, of Spider Man, 
I think that's what this looks like. Um, obviously, they're without multiple flashes. Although, may, you know, I wonder whether we'll see Grant Gustin. You know, I wonder because um, it feels like some, there's some heat back on that show because it's coming up on the the t- ninth or tenth, and that's the that's the final season. There's a trailer for that out. Um, yeah, this tra- the trailer left me a little colder than I th- was thinking. I, you know, I was I was expecting for all the for all the heat on the movie. Well, the 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 speculative of the heat, you know, the the idea that this is actually so good and Ezra Miller, you know, it's it's so compelling that that's why this project it continues. Um, I, yeah, I, I thought I'd be more impressed. Um, yeah, you just I don't think you get enough of a set. You know, the the problem with the problem with Ezra Miller's Flash is if you want to tell this kind of a story is is you know the sort of link to the real world stuff aside, although that although that is part of it. It's it's been a long time since Justice League, and you know it's not <laughs> this isn't a sequel to a to an origin story where you've you've become endeared to the character and to his to his supporting cast. You, it's it's in some ways it's a brand new character, and so I wonder. Yeah, I mean the the emotional hook of the movie from the trailer, I'm not sure about, and it felt like they were putting a lot on the Michael Michael Keaton's back, and you know. I can understand why the marketing would try and focus on Michael Keaton. Mm, no, for, for sure, for sure. Given what they've got to work with, but yeah. No, that I I see what you're saying, and I, I agree to it to an extent. I think uh, this looks to me like the the sort of movie that I would want DC to make mm. if they're doing a big multiverse thing, which is to you know check everything in there and have all their wacky versions or whatever, because that's that's what DC does in the comics, and that's where they're. You know, that's no, where they're most fun. But don't you think that only works when you have, like, that works now for the MCU because you've got the, the sort of the tone of the MCU and the you know the, even to the way all the, the all the outfits are designed, it's it all feels really consistent and really it's a known quantity, and so you can sort of spin you kind of ping off that. Whereas the you know the DC movies don't really have that. They have, you know, they have the Snyder stuff. And they have whatever's going to come next, and then I guess they have Tim Burton. You know, you can do that aesthetic from the nineties. They don't have a kind of a hey, this is our canonical Batman, and so we'll do these other versions. They they don't have that, and, and the same with the Flash. You don't really have, you know, you just you're not that invested in the the canonical DC EU slash DCU Flash because you know you spent a yeah, movie with him yeah. and he was a bit he, you know he was a bit annoying in that one. It do, it does feel a bit like you're asking us to care about this character off about twenty minutes of footage right. over the last right. sort of you know ten years or whatever. And then you have the you know because in a in a way uh, when you say that they'll they'll want to put as much um, Michael Keaton in this as possible, but that you know there's a lot of Ezra Miller in this trailer. You know they they <laughs> yeah two Ezra Millers even they're the star exactly they they are they're the star of this movie. There's there's just no cutting around that. And then I suppose when you are cutting trailers for this movie, you include you have to show Ezra Miller because otherwise, you, you know they, they you know and and I've got I have a new story about this of um, you know they are they're kind of doing all the politicking around around Ezra's um, you know I think he, he, he they've got a guilty plea deal to in a Vermont case mm-hmm. so. They're kind of moving through the system, and they are saying the right things, and and everyone in the everyone in the DC world is sort of saying the right things. But you know, we will see once the once the actual press. You know, is Ezra Miller going to be on the press tour? I think. I, I think absolutely not. Mm, I don't know though. Well, I, don't know. I also think. 
if if Ezra Miller is going to be on the press tour, they have to justify that video first. That video where they were strangling a fan because mm. that feels like it's not really held up to much scrutiny in the past. And also, they have to then convince me that their you know restraining order for grooming a teenager was also somehow a mistake. I just I don't see I don't see Ezra Miller's redemption happening. Mm. you know certainly not in my eyes like i think i think like i i actually really liked the flash performance in justice league like it was one of my favorite characters but i think being a movie star is a privilege and you know whatever difficulties ezra miller has had i hope that they get the help they need and make reparations with their victims but you don't get to do that and continue being a movie star because there mm. are plenty of people lining up who are not problematic who could do that I mean, job. So we're gonna. I think we, can, we we should segue now into the the slate announcement as a whole. But I wanted to tie it in with because because James Gunn has he's you know he's very he's very active on Twitter. <laughs> this was true before. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I got yeah. fired from. So I got fired from Guardians. It's <laughs> it's probably part of the reason why he got hired on DC because he's you know he's a cheerleader and he's you know he's he's, he's sort of. He's a he interacts with the fans generally in, in a positive, fun way. He's a fan uh, favorite, yeah. But but so but so he sort of posts slate. He's said various bits and bobs on Twitter that has have clarified, or it's, you know, or actually sometimes conf- you know, led more confusion to things. But my question to you is: after having seen the trailer and after having sort of seen some of the some of, some of Ezra's castmates have have you know basically def- defended defended them and. You know, and there's all the stuff with there was all the chat with Je- about Jason Momoa before the announcement. Maybe he was going to become Lobo, and they were going to sort of shutter Aquaman. But I feel like Gunn and Saffron have pretty much come out and you know, quashed all of that. And and they've said, you know, they're very much leaving the door open for more Ezra Miller f- Flash, at least in, at least in public statements. So, but my question to you is because I feel like when we talked about this in the in the preview episode in December. I think we were all pretty sure that by the end of the Flash movie, it, that you, it wouldn't feel like Ezra Miller was was set up for any kind of future. I'm just wondering if you've changed your mind at all on that. Uh, no, I, I think you know. Again, whatever rehabilitation takes place, you would have to be crazy to be sitting there thinking, sure. Let's let's keep Ezra Miller as the star of our multi-million dollar franchise. Like it's, mm. uh, this feels like a one-off. Um, as Joe said, the cancellation of movies doesn't really happen. Um, so you can see where they're going ahead with it. And likewise, while they're still selling the movie to people, they can't say, no, no, this is it. Mm. Like Ezra Miller is out enjoy it where you've got it because of course they're going to say well we don't know you know maybe maybe not who knows we'll see what happens do you think it's just a cynical play that that they're that they are they don't yeah they don't want to shut anything down but then once once you know if you watch the film the end of the movie could even have a different actor as the flash in this in this in the new in the in the new universe that's created at the end of the movie i think that is less likely i my personal suspicion character dies no, I, I yeah, I think it's possible that the movie ends with there not being a Flash anymore. Because mm. like that's that's the kind of setup where you can go anywhere for the next movie. Like obviously the Flash will return, but 
how and in what capacity, you know, mm. killing him off at the end of that movie would would mean that the Flash could or could not come back in any way you like. Um, and I think that is a safe way. And also it's got a kind of tragic resonance with like, you know, sacrificing himself to save the universe or whatever. That's a, that's a sort of Flash story, right? So we'll see, we'll see. Oh, well, I've got one last question on all of this, actually. One last question on the Ezra Miller stuff mm-hmm. is, do you, think, do you think any of this really cuts through to the general public? Not really, not really. I think, I think, frankly, Ezra Miller is not a big enough star for the man on the street to know what's going on with them at any given time. Mm. Um, they will just see a Flash movie happening, you know, new DC movie. It's got Batman in it. It's got Supergirls in it. Um, so fair enough. I don't know though, you know, because because just like Hollywood is, you know, blockbusters, blockbusters, blockbusters have always, you know, you're basically appealing to young people. That's who you get out to see these movies, uh, and then they're, you know, they're old friends. This uh, this is me in this scenario. <laughs> their parents, yeah. <laughs> their parents, yeah. parents and child, childless friends. Yeah, that's your kind of base, isn't it? And and I do wonder these days, you know, young people are. They're very online. They're very they're very hooked into culture. They're very kind of, you know, they're very, you know, if you're, depending on which side of the political spectrum you're on. But if you're on the left hand side, they're they're kind of they're activists. They're they they do I think vote with their dollar on on these things, and they do take. I think again, I'm not you know I'm not 25 anymore, but I feel like they do <laughs> take morals. They do take moral stances on on issues if they, you know, if they think, if they want to, it's not sort of, you know, the Gen X moment of, uh, you know, who cares about anything, nihilism or millennials, I think was, if you look at that as our generation, a bit more narcissistic, perhaps, you know, sort of hustle culture, you know, how do I, how do I win? I don't know. I think that Gen Z, you know, although obviously, you know, they want to sell flash tickets to everybody, but that real sort of, you know, what do you call 18 to 20, maybe Gen Z, I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe these, I don't think think those guys are going to come out to this i would i would like to be incorrect about my assumption that most people just won't give a shit mm. um you know i think um i think most people will just think well yeah you know it's nothing's been in the news recently if they if they don't feel bad about watching the movie, they'll probably just go and see it. And that, I think that's what it ultimately comes down to. Um, maybe... You do want, you know, a bit like with. I found it interesting how the the, the majority of the reviews for um, Hogwarts Hogwarts Legacy, you know, they it wasn't just that the J.K. Rowling controversy was sort of you know a sidebar or, or something. It was if it, uh, the reviews I read at least they led with that, you know, and, and it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I also feel like, let's say you're reading a review in the Times or the New York Times or or the Independent, you know, you know, or or Mark Comode. I wonder uh, the 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 Ezra Miller stuff. Maybe people aren't aware of it now, but when they hear reviews of the movie, they will be told this. Yeah, thing, yeah. You know? yeah, and that'll be interesting to see. Um, mm. I think for me, for me, what it comes down to is, like I say, basically, I don't think Ezra Miller is is fit for purpose as a movie star and that for me the acknowledgement of that doesn't start at the point 
where they stop being in movies that I want to see. Like, I would love to see The Flash in cinemas, but I I have to take, you know, the moral action that feels correct to me. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I'll be interested to see if that that is a popular choice. Because, you know, at least in the... When it comes to stuff like Watchmen, that is not the that is not the popular um, opinion. Yeah. So um, we'll I tell you what, before we go, let's wrap because actually, I th- unless you disagree, I think the the only other Super Bowl trailer we should discuss is the Guardians trailer. Um, sure, the second Guardians three yes. trailer. Yeah. What did you make of this one? Um, it was fine. Uh, I didn't. I didn't have as strong feelings about this one as I did about the first one, which really kind of excited me. Mm. This one, I was a bit more like uh, Adam Warlock's in it, Chris Pratt's there, mm. a lot less Rocket in this trailer. Um, mm. There's quite a lot of Chris Pratt in this one, isn't it? Isn't yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably why I'm not feeling as enthusiastic about it. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, kind of. Uh, you know, this is the tr- this is the classic second. Although I think I think we talked about this at the time. The first trailer wasn't it wasn't a thirty second. It was actually it was you know it was it had a bit. It, 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 I think it was close to two minutes. Uh, but yet it was a it was kind of a traditional teaser trailer. You know, it didn't really give you a sense of the plot, whereas this one does. And it yeah. looks like you know it looks like what we would have presumed. So the high evolutionary who um, you know has some link to Rocket uh, is is the villain. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot. You know, like Gamora is in this trailer. I don't think was really in the first trailer at all. And you get a yeah, sense no. of what that you know that's probably going to be a driving dynamic in the movie. You know the sort of the the pre the pre change Gamora um, interacting with uh, with 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 um, Star Lord. Um, I wonder. I wonder how she'll be. You know, because presumably she, she, she. You know, she almost could be a bit like a, the Nebula role in Guardians Two, like kind of teaming up with them, but not, you know, she won't really, I, I don't imagine she'll be on their side because she is, you know, she's from an earlier bit of the timeline. Um, so that's, there's probably some fun there. We see Adam Warlock flying. That was, I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that, is that, a, is that a comics thing? Can he fly? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Oh, sure. Um, I thought some of the, some of the action looked good. It, I wonder, <clears throat> I do think some of the, some of the visual stuff in this trailer, which I think is 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 you know maybe not so much interesting, but colourful, inventive. Um, I th- maybe is a little, is a perhaps a little hurt by the fact that Quantumania comes out this week. You know, it, it does feel like <laughs> it feels like I I wonder if you've designed it five, a few years ago and you would have said that Guardians Three follows Quantumania because I don't know Quantumania. I wonder whether it will give us our sort of cosmic. Uh, sort of trippy cosmic stuff a few months before Guardians comes out. I'm not sure. Uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see this week. But um, but yeah, this movie's going to be successful. You know, they're really they're leaning on that shot of Chris Pratt sort of crying at what looks like a surgery table, right? So yeah. is that is that the death of Rocket? They're also you know they're just leaning into that sort of what's the phrase they're losing it? You know, their their last ride or you know that they even they even. Yeah, they, this one song they even reference it in dialogue in the trailer like and that's just a cla- that's a classic sort of blockbuster thing you know when you're what is this the close to the 30th mcu movie and how do you give a sense of i a finality or b you know new things started like i love i love that on on the trailer for ant-man for quantumania at the moment like the big line they're pushing is 
witness the start of a new of a new dynasty. And like, hold on, this is the twenty fifth movie in this franchise. We're on phase <laughs> two. We're on the third Ant Man movie, and yet you're trying to sell us that this is the start of something. It's it's yeah, it's sort of it's kind of ballsy. And similarly, Guardians three, you know, you can we talked before, you can bet that a lot of those characters will will continue on, and yet they're they're trying to sell us on on a on a full stop. Um, and so you know, we'll have to see to see what that actually means and if that if that if it's going to feel truly like a like a full stop but it could it do what it could do it could do. I'd be I, I hope so. I hope so, yeah. presumably gun is going to be doing a press talk doing the press tour for this right i would have thought yeah i mean he he says you know until until guardians 3 is shut i'm you know i'm gonna promote it as mm. you know vigorously as any other movie like i'm sure that's a slight exaggeration given the other creative uh, mm. input he must have to give elsewhere. But uh, I think realistically Warner are not going to make that higher without being aware that they have to, you know, there's some level of contractual obligation for him to promote the movie he's just made for another studio, like yeah. regardless of whether it was Marvel or any other studio, like, they're, you, they're gonna. It's in their interest to allow that to happen, right? I'm just gonna enjoy all of the all of the James Gunn dancing around all the stupid nerd sites who are gonna try and get DC information out of him, and he and he's gonna he's probably gonna yeah, be he's like, gonna be like, sorry, me. I'm on the Marvel tour now. I it's can't answer any questions about Batman. Yeah. Um, but you know, I tell you what, I tell you what, it, it'll be. I mean, last mention of this, I, pr- I promise, but. I bet you. Ezra, I bet you Ezra Miller will come up on that press tour as well. Then you know we'll see how he responds to that in the room. Anyway, yeah. let's. Speaking of James Gunn, let's go back. So on the at the end of January, because remember they had promised by the end of the month. I think they promised that in January that they would be announcing a slate. And sure enough, on the last day of the month, <laughs> and I think British time, it was like quite late. So it was. Really, it was very late. Yeah. yeah they they did announce uh, chapter one of the DCU, uh, as I've said, sort of subtitled <laughs> Gods and Monsters. Now, is is that, a, is that a thing from comics at all that you could think of, the, the phrase Gods and Monsters? Um, I think it has its own origins in more sort of literature, but I can't, I can't put my finger on it now. It's certainly, it doesn't spring to mind as anything except I can imagine a JLA <laughs> collection mm. being called that. Mm, oh yeah, oh yeah, hundred percent. I think that's in my bookshelf actually, definitely. Like a, <laughs> like a mid-run Grant Morrison. Uh, thing. Yep, that's the one. Hundred yeah, percent. Um, interesting though, you know, to start there. I think if people if people thought, oh, this is this is you know because the Snyder stuff it was so much about these characters as gods and how pet and how mere humans sort of deal with that. That was that was his his bird's eye view of the characters. I think were as gods. And I think this is a, ever, an ever so slight statement of if people thought that James Gunn, you know, the sort of uh, the, the, the the goofy Guardians guy was going to come in and do and goof up all of the or, or, you know, turn them all into Lobo movies or whatever. I think that that's uh, that's probably a slight, yeah, a slight pushback against that, a slight reminder that he knows that these characters are and should be treated differently to to, you know, to the MCU characters. So that's a, that's a start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the first, the first show or the first project that they announced is called Creature Commandos, and it's it's an animated show. It's going to come to HBO Max, I think, um, and it's going to include Weasel from the Suicide Squad, but no other no other characters 
announced at this point, I don't think. Um, any, you know, we don't need to speak for 20 minutes about, about each of those, but any, and so, so Gunn has written this series uh, already, and I guess they're already making it. Um, and I think <clears throat> the, 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 the bit of news, or one thing you mentioned on, on the announcement was that all characters, you know, whether they're in animation or live action will be played by the same actor. So, you know, which is, I guess, is it's not really a big, you know, bold idea, but, you know, sure. Um, any thoughts on Creature Commanders? Is that, and is that a comics, is that a bit of comics IP? It probably is, but I'm not aware of it. I can, I think, I think Creature Commandos was a sort of unrelated, um, unrelated comic. Like it, it did exist, but it didn't have the same characters in, you know, like, you know how sometimes they'll reuse a name and it'll be completely divorced from the previous concept. I think, I think the original creature commandos were like, um, like Frankenstein and, uh, vampire and stuff during world war two, something like that. Okay. I don't know if there's been a version since then that includes these characters who are, who are going to be in the animated series. Um, this is just one of the several things that have been announced in this slate, which made me go like, what barrel are you scraping, man? <laughs> it's fair to say it's not all the uh, all the headliners for this one. Yeah. Also, I, you know, and, and I'm definitely, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm not excited about any of this because it will, because I am, I'm excited about some of these projects a fair, a fair lot, but I do, I look at that and I go, oh, that's the most sort of, Again, that's the sort of chat GPT generated, you know, first project that James Gunn's DC would make, a, like a kind of a Guardians cartoon starring a weird character from the movie he's made. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not particularly excited for it, to be honest. Are you? No, I, I just, I can't imagine anyone getting too excited about this one. You know, the thing, actually, the thing that surprises me is that they seem to think people care about the, the cartoons and movers lining up mm. like even even marvel has not declared any of its cartoons like canon um and i think announcing a slate that treats all, all of them equally is maybe kind of giving undue weight to a to a tiny slice of the pie that is animation and you mm. know don't get me wrong i love cartoons i watch tons of them um but I think, I think anyone who's trying to claim that the, the animation projects are on equal footing with the multi-million pound movies are overstating it wildly. Hmm. Okay. Um, I'm more excited for the next project he announced, which is the, um, the Waller TV show uh, based on Viola Davis's Amanda Waller from, I mean, she wasn't Peacemaker, but before that she... She, she she originates from the, the first Suicide Squad movie, right? That's when that's uh, yeah, I believe so. Um, and I th- for me for me this is the reason to be excited about this is is just Viola Davis. You know, that's the only that's 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 the only reason. <laughs> okay, he's just so she's such a wonderful actress actor um, that and she's I think she's maybe the my favorite bit of of both those Suicide Squad movies. I just think I love there's that. I love that great sequence at the start of the second one where, you know, where she just gives Idris Elbrad's character talking, talking down to, um, and yeah, just that intensity. And she's, you know, she's, 
she's an EGOT winner, right? She's she's just a proper talent. And if you tell me we've, you know, you, you could tell me we've built a TV show around Viola Davis, full stop. And I'd, you know, you have my curiosity. So, but the idea that it's, you know, it's going to also be interacting with nerd shit. Great. I'm, I'm in. And I like, and I like <laughs> her version of the character. Any thoughts? Um, I, I guess I have exactly the opposite opinion to that. <laughs> uh, as great as she is i think her appearances as amanda waller are single bear bear in mind that i haven't seen peacemaker i think they've been single note and deeply uninteresting possibly about the worst use of her time that she could be uh making um again haven't seen peacemaker that might be completely different Equally, I think if you want to really entice people into your film, you know, extended universe and be Mm. like, hey, this is going to be as integral to the upcoming movies as, you know, WandaVision was to Doctor Strange or whatever. Mm. I think starting it with an Amanda Waller TV show, who is a character who has no profile. Like if you say she's the character who was in both those Suicide Squad movies, most people will be like, what Suicide Squad? Mm. So I, I can't imagine why why you would lead with this. And maybe maybe you can you could have done it if you'd given it a better title. But I think Walla, at best... It's a funny title, uh, isn't it? <laughs> it? It just assumes a, a level of name recognition that does not exist. Like well, if you're called think... if you're called a Nick Fury TV show Fury, at mm. least that sounds cool. Waller is is nothing. But except that they won't. I mean, yeah. Let's presume that they keep that as the name. It won't be sold on this character Amanda Waller. It'll be sold on Viola Davis. I think she is a. I do think she's a big enough star to you can sell a show on you know off her back. You know, the Woman King. You know, if you if you saw any posters for that, it was basically. Hey, this is a movie starring Viola Davis with it holding a spear, you know. Um, so, so that's you know the poster for this will be her face, I'm, I'm sure. Um, and I just, you know, as a comics, a comics question, can you think of any? Can you think of any sort of particular Amanda Waller stories that that not that this would be because we don't know anything about it, but that 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 you'd like to see adapted? You know, what, what do you think? What do you think is the shape of this show? What's what what's the gonna what what will the character be up to? So does she work I, in CIA in the in the in the movies at the moment? I, or? I think so. Again, haven't mm. seen Peacemaker, so we're, my memories of Amanda Waller are from Suicide Squad, like mm. three, four years ago, whatever. Um, I think I don't remember if I read this or if I saw someone suggest it, but the implication was that the TV show would be Amanda Waller, you know, trying to stop some threats with the help of various DC Universe D listers. Fun. Uh, I'm in. I'm in on that. I'm very much in. <laughs> um, and then, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna assume that the slate is is has, was it was announced in the order that this article has been read has been written. Okay. So okay. The next one is the Superman. You know, is Superman, which there's not really much news here other than oh, it's got a date. It's gonna. It's got. It's gonna get released on July in July 2025. Um, there's no other news with this yet, other than that they did announced the title which is superman legacy Ugh. right it's it's from the big bag of generic 
uh, subtitles, yeah. isn't it? Like if they if they'd called it Superman Resurrection, Superman Redemption, Superman Apocalypse. Like if it sounds like it could be a Resident Evil subtitle, then you've done yeah. bad. <laughs> Well, also, if I feel like if they'd announced Resident Evil Legacy, I'd have been like, "Of course they did. It might even exist. I don't know." <laughs> also, it's like because they said um, this quote. I'm looking at again. It's um, this is really this. So this is a quote from Saffron on the announcement. This is really the start of the DCU. It's not an origin story. It focuses on Superman's Superman's balancing his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing. But but Superman Legacy that sounds kind of old. old that sounds like a character at the end of his career, right? I don't really... It just I think, feels I like think a, you could... It's a weird subhead. I think you could frame it as Superman being the legacy of his own father, of Krypton, you know. Mm. What's the... You know, what's the stuff that he he takes with him into his life? I, I agree with what you're saying. I think I'll I be surprised know. if they keep that title. Mm. I think if you, like, word-clouded... The word legacy. What do people think of when they think of the word legacy? They think of like oldness and death, you know, and an old man. <laughs> sure, you know, yeah. They think of uh, Ken Watanabe's character at the start of Inception, you know, looking looking at his yeah. half number dream. And I feel like if they want to cut, if they want to cast like a hot young Superman to bounce around in his twenties, it just I don't know, just feels like a weird word to use. Um, so yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I, agree. I agree, and I think you know it's possible. It's possible that the legacy they speak of is like the cinematic legacy of Superman, and in, in you know if it somehow pays tribute to all of the you know the Supermans that have come before, fair enough. But I I think that movie is not even written, it's not cast, no one's no. directing it. That is the case with a lot of stuff in this in this uh, list, by sure, way, yeah. which makes me uh, very suspicious of its you know how uh, how likely any of it is to happen but broadly speaking i'm in favor of a new superman movie by someone who understands the character in the same way that i do like to be charitable to Zack snyder i did not enjoy that interpretation i wasn't mad keen on henry cavill i thought it was fine mm. um i wish i'd got to see more of him being superman being clark kent and doing the kind of standard classic setup so if this movie is in any way reflective of that I'm very happy. I would have thought. I would have thought we'll hear. You know, because July, July, July 2025. I know that sounds ages away, but it kind of isn't. You know, that's that's two years this summer. So I would have thought we'll we'd we'd have a director of that movie. You know, in the next six months, and a, probably a Superman casting by the end of the year. So you know, this is this stuff's this stuff's moving moving. You know, and actually, you know, the the, the rest of it is not. I don't think there's anything else that got dates here. Um, apart from the the Batman two, which we'll get to, but this, you know, they dated it, and obviously dates can change. But that, I, I presume that this is probably at the top of the priority pile. Um, and, and like I said on the preview show in December, that is also that is also a statement of intent. You know, to sort of say we we know that that DC is Superman, and we are gonna we, the first thing we're gonna do here is figure out Superman. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's a very good idea and exactly what they should be doing. The um, the thing I find interesting is I think I think it was Peter Safran was giving an interview with James Gunn and basically saying like, oh, I'm trying to get him to direct it. Mm. And James Gunn being a sort of bit, well, maybe, maybe not. I find that interesting because <laughs> it's like, is he, 
is he playing hard to get or does he really think someone else will be better so mm, we'll see yeah because again you know the sort of the James Gunn workload in this announcement is that it's Creature Commandos but apparently that's already written and Mm -hmm. we know he's writing this but they didn't announce and then there's these other three movies I'm writing and, and this movie that I'm directing so he so therefore he, he, you know, he's totally he's available, right? He's he doesn't have a project lined up after after Guardians. He doesn't sure. make another film at the moment, so why not? You this know, one? He's he's overseeing the other stuff, but he's not actively making any of it yet. Yeah, and you'd also think that because there's two of them, unlike Feige, you can you know you probably can have he, he can go and direct a film and and be like, okay, Peter, for the next. Six months. I'm kind of going to need to do this a bit. So, but you, you, know, you guide, you guide this ship a bit more. Just keep me CC'd in on the emails. Yeah, <laughs> yeah keep me CC'd. I'll send my, I'll send my out of office to James yeah. Gone at DC <laughs> dot, dot, dot Warners. Um, <laughs> dot. Okay, so next project. Yeah, next project is uh, it's called Lanterns, and this is a HBO Max live action series uh, featuring. Hal Jordan and John Stewart, Green Lanterns. Mm. And again, not much is not much has been said about this except that it'll be a bit like True Detective. Um, <laughs> okay. So, sure, yeah, what do you what do you think to this? Did you watch? Do you like True Detective? <laughs> do you uh, like- no, I mean, I, n- I never watched it. I never watched it. I just know they nicked that bit out of Watchmen for it. Um, did did we predict a lantern, a Green Lantern project this year on our predictions? I think I'm pretty sure one of us did. Yeah, I think that that rings a bell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't know. A Green Lanterns TV show doesn't that that character scale doesn't immediately lend itself to TV, mm. right? I can't think of anything that does on TV what Green Lantern would need to do. Maybe, maybe Star Trek, but those Star Trek shows have such a, you know, limited focus and a, a deliberate focus. Like the whole point of Green Lantern is scale. I can't, I can't see how that's going to work. I mean, I, th- I think what I would say is that it, that I don't think that that's what the show show is. It's not going to be about the scale. It's going to be about, you know, let, let's we know that the green. I, for me, to me, what this smells like is. We can't go and do a. We can't go and do like a blackest. What was the? Was it blackest night? Was that the blackest the night crossover? Yeah. yeah, we can't do that. We can't do that yet because people the, the sort of taste in people's mouths from from the, the the Ryan Reynolds movie is still you know we, we is it we, is it though that that movie is like is a, a decade a plus old right? It's I still so oh, well, it probably hasn't helped that Ryan Reynolds and all the fucking Deadpool movies brings it up. Even <laughs> <laughs> existed. Um, but I, this to me, yeah, it sort of smells like okay. We need let's we, we we need to rehabilitate, or we need to get people on board with with Green Lantern's live action again, or you know we need to do that. We can't sort of jump straight into the a big movie, so let's just focus on character. Let's just get Hal Jordan right. Let's get John Stewart right. Everyone's always you know John Stewart's character people been asking for for you know basically since the, the the Justice League cartoon was on, right? Let's do that. They have a pre existing dynamic in the comics, which they do. Um, and they, you know, their, their adventures, they've got tons of adventures that take place on earth, which is true as well. Let's sort of do a buddy cop, you know, a, a buddy cop story set on earth. And then, and then spinning out of that, you, you've got, you've got two characters that you that are usable then. And then you can, cause I still think like Blackest Night is such a good comic and you know, they, they, 
they should do that, <laughs> but they need they need more pieces on the board to do that with. Um, and yeah, you know, and don't forget that when you compare this to Star, even Star Trek, I think your these shows will just have will have a big will have much bigger budgets. Um, you know, if looking at a show at the moment like Last of Us, you can see which is you know which is an HBO show, which is an HBO Max show. That you know that's the kind of budget. I think we should expect from this stuff. So, so even though this is going to be earth set and not, won't have the scale of, you know, they won't be in space and stuff. I'm sure they'll be in space a bit. Uh, you know, this, the budget will be there for this stuff. The budget will be there. I mean, fair, you know, I, I can't, I can't judge it too harshly. Um, when we know so little about it. Um, if they, if they get it right, great. I like it. I like your green lantern and I like that law. So go for it. One last point to make on this is that so Greg Greg Belanti, who who longtime TV producer, uh, he and he was the, the sort of the genius the behind Riverdale, right? Yeah, and uh, and the Arrowverse particularly, but but lots of other stuff too. Um, I think he's I think he's behind you on Netflix. Anyway, like tons of stuff. I met a bit of a <laughs> mega TV producer um, who has had his contract with Warner's his um, his overall deal they call it extended. So we'll be making content probably TV content for Warner Brothers for the foreseeable. But but they previously previously announced a Green Lantern, a space set Green Lantern show that he was going to be, you know, doing. Mm-hmm. Um, that is That has been replaced with this, and Greg Belenti is not attached to any of these projects. Um, and, yeah, I just, you know, that's, that's sort of, I think because you had in the mix a bit, you had people like Belenti and also J.J. Abrams, um, definitely, you know, because they, they announced a fair chunk of projects that were being developed by him, you know, um, Justice League Dark, right, and a and and a Black and, Superman, and he, yeah, 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 exactly. He's, he was linked with that as well. So I think this is a, again a bit of a statement of intent of sort of saying these other big, you know, big dogs in the field are you know are not involved in this, and this is this is going to be the Gun and, and Saffron show, uh, safer and, and and you know, will 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 the proof will be in the pudding, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, probably, I think if that if that is what is happening then that is probably a good thing because if if warner has shown anything over the last you know 10 years or whatever it's that their sort of piecemeal approach where basically rather than having a single coherent you know strategy to all this stuff they basically just treated it as if it was a a you know a normal movie studio where you had like competing joker projects for example jostling to get released you had like Wacken Phoenix being like, "Yeah, I'm doing a Joker movie," and you had Jared Leto being like, "Yeah, me too." Mm. Like that, that stuff just does not happen at Marvel. And if if they want to to be coherent and competing on the same level as Marvel, and I think they do, then this is the right way to to go about it. And you, you know, you, you obviously do, you do still have. The Matt Reeves, uh, you know, if you're if you want to talk about big dogs, uh, you know, I, I think you probably put, put Matt Reeves. You'd 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 put in the conversation, and you you know Todd Phillips. I'm I'm afraid to say you have to put in that conversation too. So that's you know, <laughs> there's a still, conversation I'd love to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. they're still that you know those projects are happening. Um, the Batman two yeah. didn't just get confirmed this week, but they put a date on that as well, as I've said. So that stuff. But, that's but equally. I believe James Gunn said in this announcement, like that stuff is happening. You know, the Harley Quinn cartoon is still happening, mm. but it will be explicitly labeled from now on as DC Elseworlds. 
so they have fenced off the actual DCU and basically said, this is going to be, this is the real stuff. And anything else is just, you know, some fun that is happening off at the side and will gradually phase it out. Like, they're not going to kill profitable stuff. No, but no. when it ends, when it comes to a sort of contractual or narrative conclusion, they'll be like, okay, cauterize that arm now. The, the one I find interesting, though, in that is the is the Penguin TV show, weirdly. That feels like... Mm. Uh, just a, like an unnecessary an unnecessary project that I don't think anyone's particularly excited for that I don't think they've started making yet is a spin-off of uh, a piece of this that's already getting as you say sort of d- diminished I don't know I don't but I, I guess if you've got I guess you've got Conor Farrell and so fuck it he's you know he might win an Oscar in in four weeks <laughs> um, yeah but it's, you know I, I will be interested to see a couple of things. One, you know, will it act, do you think it'll actually be, will we see Elseworlds displayed to a cinema goer at the start next to the DC logo? I think probably yes. I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, you know, what happens when, because there will be a point, maybe uh, maybe I'll, I'll jump a cut. Let's talk about, let's talk about Batman actually. So, so um, as I've said, Batman 2 got dated, got dated October 2025. So, you know, not that far away from that Superman movie. Um, but they also announced in this slate, they announced a, f- a film called The Brave and the Bold, which sounds like is essentially an adaptation of um, of the, the fir- you know, or it's an adaptation of the Damian Wayne story in Grant Morris, Grant Morris's mm. Batman, Batman and Robin, Damian Wayne, Robin, and that dynamic. And before I ask you, you know, how does that sound? <laughs> I think it sounds pretty good. <laughs> uh, there'll be a, they'll, they'll, presumably there'll be a moment where you have, the, the Brave and the Bold has been cast and maybe it's been dated 2027 or whatever. The Batman 2 comes out in 2025 and the Joker movie comes out that summer, let's say. maybe it's, Let's say we're talking about the year 2024 next year. And they'll just be, you know, that just feels like there's, it's, does, the, does the general audience really have the sort of necessary excitement for three active Batman? <laughs> three movies, different Batman. Right? Um, I, don't, I don't know. We will, we will, we will see. May, uh, to be honest, I think if they put a Batman movie out every four months, people would still go and see it. <laughs> yeah. Do you think what are the what are the chances that we see? Do you think we'll see sequels not just to the Batman two, but to the Joker movie as well? Um, I think it all depends on box office. Mm. Like if if those movies make a ton of money, sure. If mm. you know if everyone's still under contract and willing to do it, like the the point where Matt Reeves says like. No, I'm I'm done with that. Like Batman Two was my, you know, was my finale. Then they'll probably go, okay, sorry, Pattinson, but we're we're out. And do you think, you know, or if, if you know, equally, Robert Pattinson's out of contract, and Matt Reeves is like, well, I'll make one with someone else, and they go, now, nah, no, nah, you know, we're done. I think they'll can be I looking just... for excuses to shut this stuff down. Can I also ask you this conspiracy theory conversation? Is there any <laughs> chance that that the announcement of this? Brave and the Bold film is a, is a is a bit of a swerve, and actually, post the Flash, the the Matt Reeves Batman is part of the is part of the James Gunn universe. There's any chance to that? I don't think they would announce stuff that could screw with their investors if it wasn't true. I think they've got every intention of making a Brave and the Bold movie, and. I just think if if Pattinson was going to be in the DCU, they could have said that up front without spoiling the Flash, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I almost don't want it to be the case because 
you know, I love the I love that Pattinson movie. It's probably my second favorite, definitely top top two Batman movies. Well. Um, like I just loved it so much, but I think let it stand alone. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And are you excited for The Brave and the Bold? <laughs> uh, again, I think it's nuts that they've announced a Batman movie that doesn't have Batman in the title guaranteed that film comes out and it's called Batman colon the brave and the bold you say that my friend but you know let me introduce you to a little film called the dark knight which did not have the word batman in the title so yeah but it worked pretty good for the dark knight that worked pretty pretty good (laughs) sure but like the dark knight is you know if it it was a film called the caped crusaders or the dynamic duo fair enough it's called the brave and the bold like you know, they released that Harley Quinn movie that didn't have Harley Quinn in the title for the first, like, 24 characters or something. And then they were like, oh, okay, actually, we're going to call it Harley Quinn, colon, Birds of Prey or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, but, um, but I think maybe, the, maybe the reason they've done that is on our previous conversation, that they, that they don't want two films with Batman in the title. Even You know, like, similarly, you'll have the Batman 2, the Brave and the Bold, and you'll have uh, Joker. So those, you know, only one of those has the word Batman in it. Maybe that's, maybe there's a sense to that. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. Um, just purely on Brave and the Bold, yep. I I am extremely excited to see a proper Batman and Robin movie. Yeah, which we've, you know, because there's no... Damien Wayne is will be at his oldest in this, you'd imagine, you know, 15, maybe, at, uh, oldest. Yeah. And so it's true, we've never we've never had a, a Batman and Robin. We, we, we've had, you know, we had the Robin, we've had two Robins, broadly, cinematic Robins. Um, uh, oh god, what was his name? What's the guy's name from the nineties movies? What's that? <laughs> oh, oh god, what's his name? Judge it now. Not Chris? Jason Patrick. It's oh, Chris O'Donnell, of course. Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell. That was it. But he, you know, he's in his. I think he's in his late teens in the movie, but he's in his twenties, right? In, in, yeah, in the yeah. Actor. And then you've got it's sort of a half one, but you do have Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the Dark Knight Rises. Um, but you've, yeah, they've never done a sort of man, adult Batman, and basically kid Robin. Do, doing superhero stuff and and i think that's what this will have to be 
um, which I think means, you know, probably the tone will will be a will be a little softer than than the bat, you know, than the Matt Reeves Batman, right? Because you you can't. I just don't think you can do that really gritty version of the character and have. Yeah, you can't. You can't do like post apocalyptic Batman. I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, it's like I think I think the world is ready for a non like you know. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just a just a less doom laden version of the character, and I think uh, returning to Damian Wayne specifically, the the use of him in uh, Batman and Robin was that you had Dick Grayson as Batman, so you had this kind of light upbeat Batman, and this you know little uh, like you know psycho Robin. <laughs> who he was trying to keep from, you know, becoming a sort of serial killer or whatever. And I thought that was a really fun dynamic. Um, so if they can import some of that into, right. into the Brave and the Bold, then, you know, as, as, as much as it might be an odd vibe to the general audience, I'm going to enjoy it. Um, and I, cause I don't think it's clear. Well, maybe I don't know if this if if they've made it clear that this is Bruce Wayne and and he's and the Robin is his son. Well, sorry, the Robin the Robin is his son, but whether it'll be Bruce Wayne and Damian Wayne or whether it will be uh, Dick Grayson and and, and Damian Wayne. No, I think I if I had to predict, I think it is Bruce Wayne. Yeah, agreed. Dick Grayson and possibly even Tim Drake are both out there in the Bat Universe, and um, because you know you can you can use Nightwing for sure. If you're making a DC universe, mm. be realistic. Like just put, put Nightwing in there <laughs> and have a different Robin. So yeah, I, th- I think we're going to have a sort of current bat family status quo. And go on. I'll ask it. Who, sh- who should be Batman? Cause who should be Batman? with all these projects, what this means is we're now, we're now into probably a year's, uh, you know, another couple of years of, you know, CBR.com <laughs> has seen meeting with ex young male director, young actor in coffee shop, you know, um, but you know, there's a Superman and a Batman now to cast. And those have traditionally been very hotly contested roles in Hollywood. So, you know, I wonder. Uh, Timothy Chalamet. Wait, no, cause he's too, he's too young. Right. Cause if it's, if, <laughs> well, if it's a guy with a 15 year old son, He'll be in his mid thirties then. That the actor will be in their mid thirties. I, I'm, you know, I don't have any opinion on casting. I never do because I, I don't know, I don't know the kids well enough. Um, I don't have my yeah, finger the, on that on that pulse. The problem, at, the problem at the moment is we now have a Batman to cast, a Superman to cast, and a fucking James Bond to cast. So you've got all. Yeah, these... there are only there are only so many British actors to go around. Right? <laughs> yeah, Mike, I'm gonna. My gut is that they'll cast at least for Superman. They'll cast an American. Uh, I, I, I really they're... hope for the sake of the American acting industry. Yeah, exactly. Um, I really hope they can find someone good enough. And I, I could see them going a bit more of a known actor for Batman and a bit more of a unknown quantity for Superman. Because I, because I guess the Superman is going to be younger, right? Probably. And the Batman yeah. is going to have to be a bit older because he's, as I say, he's got a son. Um, or maybe not, or maybe they cast, you know, they cast late twenties for both because you're going to want, you know, I imagine James Gunn wants, a dynamic between Superman and Batman, right? The, yeah, the original, dynamic. the original Damian Wayne was what, like nine or ten? Was he? 
Yeah, but I, I just don't think they'll, they won't go quite that young for this, I don't think. Yeah, I was just I was trying to think, like, you could say, you know, maybe if Bruce was out in the world age 18, maybe, but yeah, I think I think you're right, they'll have to go a bit higher than that. Late 20s, early 30s at the oldest, um, and that's and again, that's that's probably the age range we're talking about for all three, for Superman, Batman, and James Bond, so, mm-hmm. so you know, James Norton probably in... Oh no, how, how old is James Bond? He's probably too old for that, isn't he? He's probably... He's thirty-seven, so I think he's he'd he could be he'd he'd you know he's got a good. Do, do, do you know who I'm talking about, James Norton? No clue. Oh, okay, fine. We, Jeff, we, we will move on. <laughs> um, let's let's sort of wrap up. Well, I know we've got a few projects to talk about, but um, I'll just go back to the previous paragraph in this article, which is because uh, <laughs> I think the remaining the remaining projects announced are so there are three remaining projects, and I'm excited for three of these four. I think okay, um, including this one, which is the Authority. They are they mm. announced an authority movie, um, which I think you know that makes a lot of sense to to when you talk you know talking about which which barrel of the, are they scraping. The, the authority does kind of feel like a pretty you know a, a really a pretty high up completely unadapted DC sort of story slash character set. Um, that yeah, that again hasn't been touched yet by anybody. Not even on you know, not, not on TV. Nothing in the movies. That is you know, there's I think great. Did they did they it. do did they do an animated film? Maybe I'm not, yeah, not I'm, certain of that. I'm not going to. All I will say mm. is that are we not sort of 15 years too late for an authority movie? Mm. Like the point of the authority was that it was a kind of you know in it was it came out during this phase of like people being iconoclastic about the idea of superheroes and that just it's it's too late for that take right the boys exist for a start and they've got Mm -hmm. that stitched up um and the authority itself was mostly has been metabolized into, you know, the MCU and into things like the ultimates and, you know, everything that came afterwards. Like it's, it can't be as relevant now as it was. I'm also, I'm slightly concerned about the way that the, you know, you've got this central duo the within the authority who are the gay Batman and Superman. Mm. And I think the potential to, misfire on that like at best you look like you're making fun of yourself and at worst you just offend everyone so well what do you mean miss i mean they will have to be a gay couple in the movie but that's the thing there will have to be an openly gay couple who are who are analogs of batman and superman and they're going to have to exist within the dc universe that they're creating yeah Uh, you know it's it's a strange choice I'm broadly excited for it. Like, I think anything that, you know, gets these these less, you know, well-trodden characters onto screen, great. Gay representation in superhero movies, long overdue. Mm-hmm. Maybe if they, you know, if these Wildstorm characters do well, we get a Gen 13 movie. A very happy James. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> you know, I, I am impressed that they're going for it because... I can just see nothing but landmines around that entire field. 
Um, you know, they're, they're, they're just, they're cool characters. Also, if you're going to be more, more base about it, they've got like, they've got cool costumes. They've got cool powers. They've kind of, kind of got cool names and power sets. Um, that's, that stuff is nothing uh, when you're trying to, you know, for a bit of cut through on a, on a poster. Um, can you remind, can you remind me that what, what was the original premise of the team? Roughly. Um, well, they, so they were Stormwatch, right? Who were a yeah. different group of sort of covert superheroes. And basically they went, listen, we've got the power to take over the planet. So mm-hmm. let's, let's fucking do that. And, you know, keep everyone in line. So it was a kind of benevolent fascism take on superheroes, right? Mm. So it's an interesting idea. Mm. It's it's one that doesn't easily sit alongside um, other superheroes, which you know it was it was sectioned off into the Wildstorm universe. Mm. So that kind of makes sense. Like this is a problem with many superhero universes, right? Which is that sometimes the premise of a character, for example, Spider Man, yeah. works best as a premise if he's not in a universe with other superheroes, because the, yeah. the core conceit there is if he doesn't go out and do superheroing, people die. And it's like, yeah, but also there are 600 other superheroes within a 10 block radius. Yeah. Um, and likewise, the authority, if you do the premise that they were created for, they are villains. So at what point does, you know, Superman and Batman turn up and beat the crap out of them? That's necessarily got to happen if they're in a shared universe. Um, so I imagine they'll neuter the concept down a bit and they could be like, mm-hmm. you know, an X-Force version of the Justice League where they're like, mm-hmm. listen, you guys only show up when something goes wrong. We're out there finding and stopping threats before they happen. Like that's a sort of tamer version of the authority yeah. that they could do. Interesting. You know, I, to, to the previous point of it's hard to do this kind of premise in an existing universe, but then, if this if this James Gunn universe is kind of starting afresh, then this is exactly when you do the authority. You do it at the beginning, so that then you then they're in there and established, and then you can use them. Then they're you know, then then they're just part of the furniture from the off. Um, you know, because it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's very unclear. Will this be a universe with the Justice League in it? Probably. Probably not, right? Yeah, we, we, we'd presume not, just like the Marvel movies didn't have an Avengers team in it until the Avengers. Yeah, sure. So, so you could do a, you know, they could, you know, when you say that they, they'd be the villains, maybe maybe that's maybe that's what you do with that then. You, you the authority is a bit of an antagonistic presence in this universe after that first movie. I, I mean, I don't think we'd really spend that now, but all I know is that cool, cool name, cool costumes, cool powers, and you know, pretty iconic, some pretty iconic comics that, yeah, maybe haven't, maybe have it, have aged oddly because it's, it's over 20 years ago, but, but yeah. I think and, they've aged badly because a lot of them were written by Mark Miller. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Or Warren Ellis, who also. Yeah, quite. Not, well, quite. not the best. Um, okay, let's move on to um, the next project, um, which is, this one I'm not, in, I'm not incited in at all excited about it all, which is the Paradise Lost HBO Max series about Themyscira. Um, apparently, oh yeah, hundreds of years pre, pre-Wonder Woman, so it's an origin story. Um, thoughts? Um, I believe they're selling it as a kind of Game of Thrones 
riff, right? You know, like the, the power struggles of a fantasy society. I have always found that dull. I find it dull when it's Tolkien. I find it dull when it's Game <laughs> of Thrones. I don't imagine I'll find it any less dull when it is uh, the, you know, population of Amazons on Thamiscaria. That said, I think uh, it's probably good to have a show like this that is, you know, I assume we'll have an entirely female cast. Um, they'll find they'll find a way of getting a man in. Yeah, there. they'll they'll get some dudes in there. They'll somewhere. get a Martin Freeman in Black Panther equivalent. <laughs> <laughs> Martin Freeman will just wander in. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but I, I sort of hope not. Um, I, I can imagine people enjoying that show. Not me, but I, you know, I don't like those kind of shows anyway. So. And yeah, I do, but I'm, but I've also never been really. I'm just not a wonder. I'm, I've never really been a Wonder Woman person in the comics at all, uh, and, and you know, and her extended mythology. Um, and in general, yeah, and I think in general, when, when comics do the, the, you know, the ancient Greek or or Egyptian gods, and they become characters, I'm just yeah, it's one. It's a bit of a step too far for me. Gen, I think I think they, you know, Thor and the Asgardians like that worked so hard, and so they just looked for other stuff to do that with. And yeah, for me, that doesn't really connect. But um, that's a good point, actually, which is that those those pantheons kind of none of them have ever landed as well as the Thor one did, and I think that's because there's some kind of distance that we have from the Asgardian pantheon that we don't have from you know, the Greek and the Roman and the Egyptian gods who are maybe not Egyptian so much, but the Greek and the Roman gods certainly are a lot more present in society mm. and culture. So seeing another version of them, I don't know. But equally, if they do it well, like I don't know if you played Hades, but that had some fantastic uh, riffs on that mythology. Um, yeah, that's a, good, that's a good show, actually. That was great. Yeah. Um. I think this this you know intri- intriguing what intriguing what the future of Gal Gadot Wonder Woman is you know no um, there's no future that's done I, I'm not so sh- I'm not so sure actually I, I, I think... I'm sure I'm sure mm. okay fine but anyway there's <laughs> much more to talk about with that one and then yeah three more projects I was I was out that one before um, Booster Gold HBO Max TV show live action. Uh, cool. I think cool. Good character. You can you can totally see the. This feels like a very James Gunny character. Um, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I think this 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 feels like it could be fun. Yeah, and you know, I think a version of this character who isn't tied into all the sort of Arrowverse stuff that appeals to me. I would I would give this a shot. Um, you know, my problem with all those CW shows is that they were, they're a bit too sort of teen centric and they're, <laughs> a bit, they're a bit too interlinked. Like I, I watched a bit of Supergirl for a couple of seasons and then they started tying it in and I just couldn't, couldn't deal with it all. So, um, you know, a standalone big budget booster gold TV show aimed at a adult audience. Sounds good to me. Booster Gold being a pretty good premise as well, which is if anyone who doesn't know it's kind of a loser from the future comes back to the present and is a superhero using all of his advanced tech. 
It's like, and, and this is, yeah, this is the quote from when they announced it, imposter syndrome as a superhero. That feels, it's a good quote. And it's, that's very much, yes, that's the character. And I think that just feels like a quite a relevant and modern premise. You know, I just, I just feel like you can, you can have, you know, a well-written version of that could speak to, could speak to things in, in, in ways that we should want, you know, we should want all of this superhero shit to, to try and speak to anything about the actual, the actual human uh, existence. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's one of the, that's one of the things that I think, Marvel especially has been losing sight of a bit, which is that they, their last few movies, maybe not uh, Black Panther, but a lot of them have felt a bit obsessed with their own mythos. Mm. And I think it's always worth looking back at like, what's the human core of this, of this movie? Mm. Um, And actually playing it, paying it some thought as well, not just the lip service. So good idea. Two more films. Mm-hmm. First of these um, is is a Supergirl film with a title, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, mm-hmm. based on Tom King's comic book, um, recent comic book, I think last year. Because um, also, I don't know if you saw, Tom King is, a, is a, and this is great news, I know, uh, in, in my opinion, Tom King is sort of, he's in this little, you know, the James Gunn's equivalent of the Feige Brain Trust group. Tom King is in that. Um, you mean the, the brain trust that he dissolved as soon as he got the chance to? Oh, yeah, fair, yeah, fair, fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but okay, I guess I kind of mean that sort of, the, the you know, the, the the producers, right, Victoria Alonso and... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't remember the other ones, but, you know, he's he's got, he's definitely got a crew around him that clearly is the creative brain trust there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and Gunn has, Chris, you know, got the same kind of thing. And Tom King, I'm, I'm just, a, you know, I haven't read all of his stuff and I haven't really read much comics in the last couple of years, if I'm honest, but... Probably Tom King is the last comics writer I got. My, I got really personally invested in. You know, I just 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 he just felt like he was a interesting breath, breath of fresh air. Great Batman comics. I even liked that. The um, what was that one called? That was was it kind of Crisis in the title, or and it had Kid Flash in it. Anyway, the people hated. I quite liked. <laughs> yeah. What was what was it called? What was it called? It was oh, Identity Crisis. No, it was something like Identity Crisis. Was a long. No, time no, it wasn't that. It was. Oh, I can't remember. Um, it's about one of the Flashes killing a load of, like, there, there was this therapy camp for superheroes. and Oh, Heroes friends. in Crisis. Heroes in Crisis. Yes, you yeah. had a crisis. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Most people do. Um, um, I, I really liked his, um, it wasn't technically a Green Lantern one. Oh, yeah. Dark Sector? No. Was it Omega Men? Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Omega Men. Um, it was it was a kind of it was a Green Lantern book because it had Kyle Rayner in, but it was about you know the the other yeah. other people. That was really good fun. That was so good. I remember reading yeah. it on a I got the the report on Comicsology and read it on a plane, like because it's quite long as well. The full thing, yeah, yeah, twelve issues, yeah. Read it on a plane trip and just just one of those just that thing I love with comics where they where you can just feel your mind exploding with stuff like that. The sort of the ideas and the creativity that the world feels so realized and so sort of vast and, and yeah it was great yeah um but i haven't read this comic that this movie is apparently based on <laughs> no uh, you, know if you have um i but... haven't but anything that takes supergirl seriously sounds good to me mm. um i'll be very excited to watch this i think this out of everything this is the one that made me go oh okay i'm gonna watch that yeah hmm. because because like, in some read ways, the comic too 
in some ways that you know the whole the slate as a whole is it, it i think it looks it's sort of both it's risky and safe you know if you look at the 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 riskier bits of ip really are on uh, on tv and you know in terms of the movies it's and we'll get to the last one but in terms of the movies it's a superman movie a batman movie a confirmation of the other batman movie uh, <laughs> a swamp thing movie which that's that's the thing that people know and a supergirl movie which Again, so, you know, super. It's, just, it's in the Superman family. They they made a Supergirl movie once before. So that stuff, it, it those look like safer bets, even though the slate as a whole looks interesting. It's it's an it's a it's a good. I think it's a good balance actually. Um, uh, but, I mean, I I think the slate is absolutely insane. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I think announcing your first movies as being like uh, we're doing we're doing Brave and the Bold. We're doing Superman, Supergirl, and uh, Swamp Thing, and we're doing uh, Brewster Golden, Amanda Waller TV shows. Like, what are you talking about, man? Like, it would be—it's a bit like if Marvel had rocked up and they're like, "We're doing Iron Man, we're doing Howard the Duck, we're doing like uh, Nighthawk." You'd just be like, "What? what I, where are you yeah. dredging these people up from?" But I, fair enough. I just completely. I, I think. Well, I think that. I think you've been hoodwinked then a bit by because I think this is a, a Batman movie, a Superman movie, another Batman movie, and a Supergirl movie. Like these are these are these are major characters that have success both on film and on TV before, and and you know you're you're being drawn in by the TV projects, but which will have which the stakes will be less for those, of course. Um, so yeah, but but again, I th- we're both. I think we're both we're both agreeing that this is. I, I like the, I like the slate announcement, but I think especially the especially the movies, just the movies. I think these are basically safe bet. You know, the authority is probably the only one here that is a, that that one feels really risky or really kind of yeah yeah that's really unexpected bet. Um, and let's yeah, I guess let's let's talk about the last one, which is Swamp Thing. Um, they didn't really announce much. The only thing I do have a follow up bit of news on that, which is that. Apparently, um, where did it go? Well, I, actually, I was going to open the news story, but the news story just says the one bit of news, which is that James <laughs> Man James Mangold is you know is looking in the mix for this for Swamp Thing, which I, which also probably means that Swamp Thing is you know higher up the release list than some of the other stuff we've talked about. Um, but I mean, in some ways, this this feels like a bit of a no brainer. Um, you know, that's that that Alan Moore Swamp Thing comic, which I'm sure this will be basically based on. Um, you would be mad of, to go uh, anywhere else with it. Well, I was going to I mean, say there, the other, there was the Scott Snyder stuff. Well, it's, it's, who had the recent run where it was like the, the green? It was all like color coded sort of stuff, a bit like the DC, a bit that, like the Green Lantern stuff. I, th- I, think, I, I think that Akamaya? was. No, I think it was Scott Snyder doing Swamp Thing. Oh. Um, and maybe Jeff Lemire was doing the Animal Man version of it, right. but, and it was the the green and the the red, or anyway. Yeah, the, the new Fifty Two Swamp thing was um, yes. Scott Snyder, I'm sure. Yeah. But so, yeah, you know, that, I mean, even that was basically a big riff on what Alan Moore set up, right? So again, I'm pretty excited for this movie in the sense that I would love to see a Swamp Thing movie done right that mm. builds on those concepts. Um, I'll be I'll be very happy to see it. I think Swamp Thing and Supergirl are my a Superwoman, whatever they're calling it. Are, Supergirl, um, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, sure. Um, those those two are the ones that make me go, okay, I'm definitely going to turn up for those. Everything else, I'm like, wow. Hmm. 
it could go either way, but I think these two in particular are hitting the sweet spot for me. But like like all the other projects, right? Until they announce a writer and a director and some stars, I don't I sort of don't believe they're happening. Cause even even Marvel stuff will shuffle shuffle stuff around after they've been uh, announced. I think dropping like nine movies or whatever they, they announced in one go is just a recipe for at least two of them to not happen. I think I think the opposite, <laughs> which is that <laughs> because these weren't announced with talent attached, all this is is hey, these new guys in charge, and you know, and I think I'd put I'd, I'd put the only asterisk I'd put on this is you know more dramatic executive changes, you know, higher up the chain than uh, Gunn and Saffron, which, as I said before, I think uh, a uh, Warner Brothers being sold to who did I say it would be to maybe Paramount. Anyway, it's not off the it's not out the realms. But anyway, that's take, taking that aside. This is just an announcement of hey, I'm hey we we are now running this studio and we want to make these nine movies, uh, and there's nobody attached to any of it. So like so, therefore, the likelihood that it happens is is I would say is extremely high because they decide you know they decide what gets made. It's not a case of, you know, I think when, when things are announced with talent attached it, it, and that talent schedules change or, or, you know, creative differences between the talent and the executives, that's when you have shifting sands. But this is just, they're just putting on the board like, hey, we're going to make these nine movies, you know, actors, directors, writers come to us broadly with, you know, with pitches on this stuff. We're going to, we're going to, this is the story we're going to tell. This is chapter one of the new DCU. These are the characters we're going to do. So, yeah, I think these... I think that, you know maybe the TV stuff aside. I mean, you know that's that's again because the stakes are a little bit lower. That stuff is a bit more flexible, I would say. But I no, I'd say that this stuff's gonna. I think this is all gonna happen. Um, maybe okay. with some little tweaks to titles, right? Like as you say, maybe it'll be bold <laughs> in the bold, or maybe it'll be you know not Swamp Thing, Conan's. I don't know, whatever. But no, I think these projects will happen. I think these projects will happen. Okay, I, I think almost exactly the opposite, which is that the TV <laughs> stuff is quite likely to happen. <laughs> TV and cheap and easy. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Either way, I'm sure the this slate at least seems interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I and at least they've got a plan which they didn't have for years. I can't remember the last time that we on this podcast or or you guys before before I was involved would have taken this long to discuss. You know, there's never been you know there's never been a slate before announced like this. We, this is a this is a yeah, new thing, yeah. and. And even though, yes, you know, the wider question of are, are we, are, is this shit, is this genre running out of steam with, with audiences? You know, actually, when they announced, I think they announced this is like a 10 year plan, maybe, you know, this is chapter one of this broader plan. You know, do we actually get to the end of that? Is the, will the market actually be there? Um, I don't know, you know, I'm not sure. But, but the, the Marvel model works, you know, and, and, the, and DC haven't, haven't really done that before. And this is, this is the start of that, uh, giving that a true go. And, and yeah, the more James Gunn talks and tweets, you know, he's, yeah, he tweets more than he talks. <laughs> he's feeling like, he's feeling like a, you know, a good bet, um, a good bet. Yeah. I mean, stuff. I've always, I've always sort of believed that James Gunn's love for this material is genuine. And therefore I can't, I can't fault him being placed in this position. Like that is a good choice, regardless of how you feel about his movies. He definitely cares about the characters and the medium and mm-hmm. 
he's someone I would trust to, for example, make a Superman movie. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, and the thing I think, say is... Yeah, you go, you go. Well, I was going to say, like, for me, the the really positive thing about this, you know, I, I am, I'm, I've been a Marvel fan since I was, you know, 12 or whatever. The thing for me that really is good is that it's always been the case that when DC and Warner have a strong, you know, slate and direction, that forces Marvel to be more innovative and to take some risks. And if we can think of anything, if we think anything from phase four is that Marvel has grown complacent and that, you know, a few risks, something a bit bolder would definitely be welcome. And if, Either way, we get to see some good movies, whether it's DC or Marvel. So, I, yeah, I, I, I'm going to call bullshit a bit on that. If, if Foggy was on this call, he would say, "Listen, you mother, you, what the fuck do I have to do for you guys? In four days, there's a movie coming out that's called <laughs> the name of the movie is Ant Man on the Wasp: Colon Quantumania, <laughs> where these fucking characters go inside of a new, different realm that's very small, and also in that realm, you know, they meet this guy Kang, and he's like a time traveling multiverse hopping blue guy yeah, with no, energy this is... out of his hands. This is um, this is crazy stuff, guys. Come no, on, no, this is what I mean, though. This is it completely lacks a human core. It, oh, sure. It's filmed entirely in a car park in a green screen set. <laughs> Like none of those actors were ever in the same room together. Like we will be reviewing it on the Patreon in a week or two, I imagine. But I think Marvel's whole slate, I rewatched Doctor Strange recently, Doctor Strange 2. And I think I I hate to use the term mid mainly because I'm too old to know exactly what it means. (laughs) But if I, if I had to define a movie that was mid, it would probably be Doctor Strange 2, which is just a bunch of, (laughs) <laughs> a bunch of nonsense bouncing from scene to scene with very little like emotional reality to it and that's that's the thing that i think marvel has drifted so far away from is that they pay lip service to this idea like is doctor strange happy but nothing about the film articulates or engages with that conflict they just say it a few times and then at the end he's like no yeah i'm good hmm. so you know i would if DC start making the stronger movies, I'll be happy to watch them, and I hope it spurs Marvel into into something too. My 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 only point on this was was going to be that I feel like I've said before that DC have it's always annoyed me that they've never really used the the comics as a sort of an R and D department mm-hmm. for the movies, but actually it feels like this is again a complete completely the opposite of that. This is you know an announcement of it's foolish for them not to have used that stuff more, but hopefully we'll see that now. Sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think that's about it to be honest. Um, unless you, because uh, you know he has been tweeting a lot. So can you think of any other DC James Gunny stuff that you know since since this announcement, which was, which is a couple of weeks ago at this point? Uh, that you... The only the only thing that I saw was that he said that the Harley and Ivy cartoon is is still going to be on the air and mm. going to keep going, which is good because I'm enjoying it. Oh, no, I guess it is worth saying that, you know, in the last couple of weeks, they've announced the end of Titans and Doom Patrol. Um, so which, that's which, kind of... which were apparently still going, sure. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so the, the Waller show, one of the writers, because again, they announced so little talent for any of this, but they did announce 
a guy called Jeremy Carver, who's who you know who was the showrunner or was a writer on Doom Patrol. So even though, which again is a bit of a statement of intent, I think, which is, hey, we're not just going to. And similarly with the actor stuff, similarly with the fact that you know Aquaman that that sequel's coming out this year, um, the idea that we're not just going to throw everything out. We're not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. That we're going to use both the in front of the camera and behind the camera talent that we that fits with what we want to continue doing um, into the you know going forward. And that's and that is why I I think we will see Gal Gadot again. I do. I think I think I get why they they sort of need to recast Superman and Batman, but I think there's still juice. I think there's still gas in the tank for that for Wonder Woman. Um, and I don't. I think uh, Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman is that's cooked. But <laughs> yeah, I think I think people, even though even though people don't like that second movie, Wonder Woman, I think they've got a lot. They've got a lot. Um, they've got a lot. They are invested in in her as a performer, and I don't think they were burned on her from that film. So yeah, I think we'll see her again. I think it's possible. It's possible. Um, I had three very very short news stories here, but I'm not sure there. I can we can breeze through them at pace. Which is Brendan. Fra- so three stories. Story number one: Brendan Fraser was apparently in the running to be Superman, um, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, a lot of sense if you think about you know mummy mummy era Brendan Fraser. I was going to say, what era are we talking about? Mummy era Brendan yeah. Fraser. I think I think this was the. Um, it was the Superman lives, Superman flyby moment. You know, okay, the okay. never happened. Um, but that that really fits, isn't it? Um, and who knows what kind of career he would have had, had after that? But that's I don't know if you have do you have any particular thoughts to that? Uh, I I can't imagine a movie <laughs> that would would have existed back then. Um, interesting, interesting idea, but fair enough. Uh, the other story here was that Elizabeth Banks was. Was maybe was maybe in the running for Thor Ragnarok? I thought was <laughs> as a director. <laughs> as any, director, any yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she's 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 made yeah, yeah, um, yeah, but... a few movies now. Yeah, yeah. And actually, she's she's exactly the kind of level, or maybe maybe not so now because she's you know. I'm, but I feel like at that point, she's exactly the kind of Marvel tier sort of director who you pluck from something small, even though she obviously had a bit much bigger profile as an actress. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I love Elizabeth Banks in everything she's in. So I would, I would have been happy to see her directing that movie. So are you going to be first in line for cocaine bear? Is that, that what I'm hearing? Jay? <laughs> That's that, that, the, because this quote popped up when she has been doing press for cocaine bear. Um, which what a title. Um, and then the last thing, which I think we could, we could spend, a, you know, 30 seconds on is, um, the news that Amazon is developing a Spider-Man noir TV show. <laughs> yeah, I saw this. Um, I read some of those noir comics. You know, Marvel had this whole line of noir superhero stuff. It was charitably bad. Um, <laughs> Spider-Man noir works great as a joke in Spider-Verse. I don't know that I want to see any amount of actual screen time like just do a spider-man tv show just give us actual characters spider-man noir who gives a fuck honestly <laughs> he's, he's no one's favorite version of spider-man let's be real but i think i think my only, my only comment would be <laughs> it is interesting that we've um what what's the what's the bad bunny movie called el diablo is that the character yeah yeah it's interesting to me that that 
we six months ago they like what they thought that what they thought they wanted to announce much before this was an El Diablo movie. We got that six months before we got the announcement of a, Spy- of a Spider-Man. <laughs> That just it's just the yeah, I think that just shows you the state of the yeah you know, Sony's web of connected Spider-Man characters and all of that just I just find it it's just crazy it sort of gives me life all the craziness over there and the projects it, they are like. still they are still acting like it's the 1990s and I can only respect them for that yeah I'm kind of you know I'm kind of looking forward to Madame Web I'm kind of looking forward to El Diablo sure um, I'm looking forward to Venom Three. You know, we've, we've covered these movies before, and this is this is where this this is coming from. This this corner of superhero stuff is is good um, to have a reminder of what things could be like. Like when we're complaining <laughs> that you know Zack Snyder's Justice League has misinterpreted the character of Lois Lane or whatever, <laughs> then Sony are like, give us another hit of crack and let's see what we can pull out of the you know bag of rights we own. Oh, I love it! I love it. Uh, as a reminder, they're also you know they've also announced a Silk show. Sure, so making that. <laughs> sure, why not? Fine. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, that's about it from from the news. I think, um, unless you can think of anything else you wanted to mention. No, I think the important thing to note is that uh, if you are interested in hearing our thoughts on Ant Man three, we'll be reviewing that over on the Patreon. That is patreoncom universe Joe will probably have sleep trained his kids by then, so he can he can come and appear on that. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see it on opening day, I think, on Friday. So, me yeah. too, me too. Good, good. So then when once Joe gets his kids' stuff sorted, well, I guess we'll review it in about seven weeks, six or seven weeks. Yo, <laughs> I, I, kid, I kid, my friend. Okay, well, then that's about it for this episode of Cinematic Universe. Um, uh, you've done the Patreon link, Patreon plug already. So other than that, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are Cine underscore Verse um, for the show itself. I'm at Reese R-H-Y-S. James, you are? I'm at James Hunt, although I'm not on Twitter much these days because of um, all the stuff that's happening. Uh, okay, yes, fine. I mean, I mean that you probably you probably tweet as much as I do, even though I look at Twitter every forty five minutes. So you know that <laughs> listeners' point of views, we are the same level of interacting with Twitter. But I'm addicted, like it's a drug. Still, um, <laughs> that's about it. Uh, and I guess we will speak to you next um, about Ant Man: Quantumania, which comes out in four days. And I don't know if you've seen this. I don't know if you've seen this, James Star. Um, the, the villain of that is played by Jonathan Majors. I don't know yes, if that is that Jonathan Majors. You say. Has that popped into your radar at all? It feels like they've, you know, that's definitely not a thing that is uh, like every everywhere you look on the internet and every turn you know, can walk down the street and you just <laughs> reminded somehow that Jonathan Majors is playing Kang in Ant Man Quantumania. And yeah. I think I think Paul Rudd is in it as well. I guess we'll find out. Okay. Um, but that's about it. And uh, yeah, see you next week. Uh, bye podcast. Bye podcast. 